We are geek-centric, and you can be too. What's up, geeks, and welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast. My name is Justin, and today is the day. Finally, after all the hype, all the trailers, we have watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, and we are here to share our thoughts on this epic film. But before we get to that, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly podcast covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, collectibles, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me for today's episode, we have my lovely co-hosts, the mother of all boxes, Nate Shelton, and <laughs> you don't want to see his dark side, Mr. Kevin Hudson. What is up, boys? Oh, no. Nate's a player. Oh <laughs> Listen, I'm the mother of all box. I like the fact that I'm a mother. That's kind of nice. I've always wanted to be a mother. Uh, but Kevin, I feel like a few people have seen your dark side and they've never returned. Yeah, anybody who has seen it hasn't come back, that's for sure. They're gone but forever. That's by choice. Uh, how you guys doing? Feeling a little tired after committing like almost six hours of our lives to this? To yeah, this right. <laughs> like, because I watched the original one yeah. and, and I watched that uh, two days ago and then I watched this one and I just felt like, wow, like I've dedicated so much time to this universe that I didn't think that I would enjoy. And obviously we'll get to that or if I, if I did or didn't, but, um, but oh my gosh, man, like it's an endeavor. It's an endeavor, even just with the, with the, the Snyder cut, like just taking on those, those four hours and two minutes. It's just a lot. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of rambling there. Anyways, uh, as you're, <laughs> as I see that you're so eager to discuss this movie, I think it is a great point to just move right in to our topic of the show. So as I mentioned in the intro today, we're discussing Zack Snyder's justice league. Now, if you've been living under a rock, then allow me to give you a brief history lesson on how we got here. In March of 2017, while admits production of the Justice League, Snyder had left production due to the loss of his daughter, Autumn, who had committed suicide. Understandably, Snyder left and he had to focus on uh, spending time with his family during this very tough time. Joss Whedon, who was hired to rewrite some of the scenes prior to Snyder's departure, assumed the role of director uh, to meet the November deadline. However, Snyder still retained director credit when the film was released. Justice League was released on November 17th, 2017. Critics described it as a Frankenstein film, obviously the work of two different directors with competing visions. And after seeing Whedon's version in late 2017, Deborah Snyder and executive producer Christopher Nolan advised Snyder to never see that movie, knowing it would break yeah. his heart, being that yeah. it wasn't his true vision. What then came was a flurry of fan reactions taking to Twitter with the hashtag release the Snyder cut. Even cast members and people who had worked on the film were in support of Snyder releasing his own vision. After months of speculation in March of 2019, there were rumblings of a Snyder cut existing. 
Snyder fed into this by posting a photo of some tapes titled Zack Snyder's Justice League Director's Cut and posting with it, is it real? Does it exist? Of course it does. This only fueled fans to take to Twitter once more, urging Warner to do something. It's been reported in February of 2020, Warner Media decided to move forward with the Snyder Cut after Chairman Toby Emmerich acknowledged the hashtag release the Snyder Cut movement and he then reached out to Snyder. After lengthy discussions on reshoots and how to release this new cut, they finally reached an agreement to have the video hit their streaming platform, HBO Max. In May of 2020, upon announcing the release of Snyder Cut, Snyder acknowledged that the realization of this was 100% due to the fans' efforts. While others criticized Warner for giving in to fans after an excessive amount of online bullying, harassment, and even trolling. But nonetheless, it worked, thanks to the resilience of fans and a director's promise to his vision and to his daughter. Now, as preparation, we all watched the original Justice League from 2017, plus the new four-hour epic titled Zack Snyder's Justice League. So are you guys ready to start talking about this or what? Let's do it. All right. Let's go. All right. <laughs> now, before we get into our spoiler portion of discussion, I would love for you guys to share your high-level thoughts of the film with no specifics about characters or events, as we'll dive into that as we get into the spoiler portion of our conversation. But please feel free to reference the original cut as a point of discussion. Um, so who would like to start? Maybe I'll, uh, I'll start with Kev. Hot take Kev. Let's go, Kev. Um, yeah, I think if, if I were to say one thing about the Snyder cut versus the Whedon cut, it's a far better film. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm still not sure if that means it's a good movie. Um, I think we'll sort of break that down and, and I'll get to that, uh, that sort of, uh, revelation by the end. But, uh, no, you, you could see one movie was, uh, a passion project, um, that was the culmination of years and years of work. You know, the part of a, a, a five-story arc where he's sort of spent time with these characters and and really wanted to flesh them out as as characters, not just on their own, but in, in a larger universe, versus a film made by a bitter, angry director who had no real passion for the, the, the movie and it shows. That 2017 movie is a fluffy piece of junk with no heart, no soul, there's no no passion behind the characters. And so that was probably the most glaring difference in the movie. Um, and while it was way too long, four hours is too long for any movie. Um, it didn't feel like four hours. And so I think that is also a, a testament to the movie working much better than its predecessor did. So, yeah, I, th I think um, it was, it was just a far better experience and a far better uh, movie at, at, at the end of the day. Yeah, I didn't think it could be done. Uh, I didn't. I really didn't think I was gonna like either version of the film. Uh, and to be honest with you, the the Whedon cut, I I I liked the ideas that were set up. I liked the portrayals of the characters, uh, but I didn't. I didn't like how it was executed. I didn't like the overall uh, outcome. So when it came to you know this movie, and I'm I'm hearing rumblings of like oh it 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 does all that so much better, I was like okay my ears perked up and I said okay well I'm gonna sit down for for four hours here and I thought it was gonna be exhausting, um and it it wasn't it what and it wasn't like I think the last thirty minutes of the film was probably where I started to feel a little bit of that fatigue I kind of was checking out my watch like okay how much time is actually left here after the 
fifth or eighth last scene. So, you know, um, I, I probably won't watch it again anytime soon, but um, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. And, and it made up for the originals, um, I think, lack of patience when it comes to the plot, when it comes to establishing characters. Uh, I think it was a way better... Um, like ending the ending was uh was well well it was very confusing um i still think it was a better ending than the original the only thing that i felt was really kind of disappointing for me which again i'm surprised by is the fact that we're not really going to get to see uh some of the various outcomes that would come from these endings so and again we'll we'll talk about all that we got we got some really great moments that we're going to dig into um overall i am pleasantly surprised with how the whole thing came together Nate, I love how you you mentioned that it just all the false endings. You know, it was it was very like Lord of the Rings yes. in in that manner. But it, instead of being at the end of twelve hours and three movies and this epic journey, it was what was supposed to be the end of the first part of three movies with yeah. without that sort of lead up to it. So it did feel a bit like okay, let's just get there. Even <laughs> though they did serve a purpose, it was a bit like let's go wrap it up Come now. On. All right, we're we at four it. hours. We're yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, what are your overall uh, dude, thoughts? Dude? I actually really loved this movie. I thought uh, I hated the Joss Whedon version. I thought it was rushed. It was. Yeah. Uh, it just didn't feel like it. You know, to Kevin's point, it had any heart. Um, it didn't. It didn't have any mm-hmm. sort of commitment to its characters. It was just like, let's get this done. Let's get this out of the way. Nobody wants to see this. So it was treated with that respect. Uh, I feel like this movie. Uh, definitely treated the characters with a lot more respect, treated the story with a lot more respect. Yes, it's four hours, but uh, I, I honestly didn't mind the time. I think the way that they, they structured it uh, worked really, really well. He should celebrate because he, you know, he achieved it. He, he got his vision done and yes, it's long, but it was, it was tons of fun. And uh, yeah, I, I am, uh, I was, I was pleasantly surprised because I, I literally hated this movie and I haven't liked very much of the Zack Snyder DCU but I have to say like for this four hour epic it was pretty interesting to just get a little bit more resolve and a little bit more conclusion um and even just from you know like we watched Justice League yes but I I watched Batman versus Superman as well and thinking about that really more of as a parallel like as a continuation from that to this version of Justice League there's a lot of interesting sort of threads in terms of uh, the character development and the, the, them coming together and, and stuff like that, that I, I really appreciated. So I think it was a good way for him to, you know, if he is closing off his Snyder verse, then, you know, it's, it is a, it was a fond farewell. It was really well done. So some strong cool. words. You used the L O V E. I honestly, I was surprised. I <laughs> I'm honestly surprised at how much I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I literally, I'm uh, cause I was, I'm, we'll, be the first to say I was very, very, very uh, reluctant to to think that this movie was actually going to be good. But, you know, again, adding two hours, uh, you know, shifting the focus and really shows you the power of editing. Like the power of editing is is everything. Like obviously he's added in more scenes, but like how, you know, as we discuss how scenes might have changed from the original to to this. It's just it's so incredible to see. Well, and, and I just wonder my, my biggest concern about evaluating the Snyder cut is uh, and, and I think it was important to do but it's that we're we're comparing it directly to the weed and you know the 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 justice league if you want to call it that oh, no. um and and so it's like was this 
a really good movie or was it simply a superior movie to a bad movie that I didn't like? You know, did oh, okay. I did I actually like it or did I just like it more than a movie that I hated? So that that's and so I'm wondering because you watched them within a very close amount of time and have have gone on record a lot even just now about how much you hate that the the Joss Whedon version. Do you think that has anything to do with why you enjoyed this so. so much? Yeah, I think it did. I think if it, okay. if, it, if this was the original version that came out uh, when it did, I'd probably be like, wow, four hours. But I would at least still appreciate, I think, I think the the character piece focus, right, that, that they ha- added to it um, or that that's implemented in it. Um, there are some things that just feel like unnecessary to have, have included, but, you know, I, I just feel like it, it, it is what it is in terms of, of it being a sort of ending to his his sort of story it felt like that and maybe he was trying to plant some seeds but i don't know it it, 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 hard to say what's going to actually come of it so uh i think it's a good point to just get into spoilers because you know we've now given everyone our brief overview without spoiling anything so let's get into full spoilers guys now for the first question i have a whole (laughs) bunch of questions here um six to be exact um but for our first question, I think it might be best to do like kind of like a roundtable discussion so we can kind of share our thoughts. Um, and this question is, what stood out to you guys as being the most different between the Whedon version and the Snyder Cut version? Nathaniel, let's start with you. Well, Justin, I love that you're saying we have you have six questions, not five, yeah. as it should be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think honestly, like due to the length, I think, yeah, it's nice to see that things were added. It's funny because I went into watching the Whedon cut with the knowledge of the the uh, the Zack Snyder cut. So for me, going into the Whedon cut, I, I was I was kind of uh, maybe I was a little more attuned to recognizing when things were cut out. But just like like one moment that just extremely bugged me watching the original one is seeing the third mother box get taken and you see you see Steppenwolf come down and you see this like this tube and they look over and then it's just a black dot going back up the tube and you're just like you're like what you're just not going to do anything like what what's I wrong with you that. like I hated that it, it was so awful. dumb awful or like even even the moment with um and I, again, I know we're talking about the Snyder version, but I, just the moment where where we've got uh, Barry Allen and Victor digging Sp- uh, Superman's grave, and they're like they're like giving each other's origin stories, and then he's like, "Yeah, that's the uh, the abridged version or whatever." I'm like, "Yeah, it is the abridged version. The that's what this is, whole yeah. movie no, is the abridged funny. version, yeah, right?" So it was yeah. just well, absolutely. Look, you, just, you've you've touched on it. The biggest difference between the two movies is yeah the character development for the two new characters. Um, sure, yeah. And I mean, I guess Aquaman at this point would have been a new character as well, right? <clears throat> and so he kind of, if you don't consider that we we got that Aquaman movie in between these, uh, so you do feel a bit more familiar with him going into the the, the Snyder movie, but. Barry and um, Victor, like those two characters are so just here they are. Now they're part of the Justice League in in, in this in the Whedon. Like, so what I did was when I was watching, I made this flow chart and I literally wrote down each scene as it happened for both movies. And I sort of, you know, compared them. And what's what Whedon did in 20 minutes, 24 minutes about is introduce cyborg he introduces um barry allen he gives us the entire plot 
Now, in Snyder's version, he takes an hour and 10 minutes to do this. And we get the full flushed out story of Victor. Like, Victor is so integral to this movie. And because we have his backstory and, and learn so much about him, he's meaningful in this in the Snyder movie. Absolutely. And and, Bar- and Barry, we we sort of you know see a bit more of his character to understand his relationship with his father and his motivations and what he's out to try and do. And it's just that makes all the difference in the movie. I think was the the development of those two characters to make them seem significant and, and important to the overall. One hundred percent. I think that that's that is the mo- most glaring, uh, obvious, other than the the time the runtime of the movie. But the most glaring difference is how two integral characters to the Justice League in Whedon's version were just so rushed into the group. Whereas here we we actually get to learn more about them. They they have their origin story to a certain degree, at least for Cyborg. Uh, in this film for us to really understand how he's integral to to the overall plot. I'm sure we're going to get to to character moments and, and, and things like that uh, going forward. There, uh, But I did want to just quickly talk a little bit about the visuals. I know Zack Snyder is so much about his visuals. Um, and I feel like this movie just did such a good job at, you know, I think there were clear moments that were set up as like what looked like they could have been in comic books. Um, and we got a lot more of those uh, in this in this cut. I also think the coloration of the film, uh, I think, is desaturated, which, again, is more in line with, with you know, what we've gotten from Snyder in the past. I think the poppy bright colors that were meant to emulate the, the MCU and the Whedon version are, are gone. And it, it adjusts the, the look of the film, you know, tonally. And, and I think it it sets it in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. That was the one thing that stood out was the color grade. Uh, you see it in, in, in mm-hmm. especially in the in the, the scenes like with uh, Wonder Woman when she's saving those hostages. Uh, it was very yellow and warm and this one was cold and, and it had more grain to it. But that was a constant theme. Like even in the the the, the sort of nuclear uh, base, you know, you see that it's not necessarily yeah. uh, vibrant red all the time. Like, you know, firing everywhere. Like it was just, it was a little bit more muted. Another thing was the score. I thought the score was actually a lot oh, better yeah. this time around. Oh, yeah. really? I didn't like Danny oh, Elfman's score. Some really? of those songs, some of those songs, like the, like the scene with Aquaman on the dock, and and uh, like even like Barry's introduction is really cool. I'm sure we'll talk about that at, at yes, later on. Please. But but like that sing songy operatic music and like. The, the uh, Aquaman scene and they're singing on the beach and stuff. Like some of the music was just like, oh man, that was one of my least favorite part. The the music was so sappy and and oh, I, I hated the music and I didn't like song Danny choices Elfman's throughout tracks. it. I thought he was a little too boppity boopity because like Danny Elfman has a very unique sort of sound and it just didn't match well. I think with with uh, that sort of that world, I, I appreciated the fact that they brought back. Uh, Junkie XL, also known as uh, Tom. Uh, I think he's like Swedish, but uh, Hulkenborg. Hulkenborg. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. done. He's done Something other like films, and and actually, like he had done most of the score uh, in 2017, but then was yanked for and replaced by Danny Elfman. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. His score wouldn't have worked with Whedon's mm. movie, so I completely understand why they would have changed mm. that up. Well, and speaking of changing things up from a standpoint of, of tone, uh, I mean the movie's rated R, right? So you know a lot more, a lot more swearing, a lot more bleeding, bleeding blood, uh, and I, I think it was fantastic to see 
characters actually take advantage of the fact that they're not owned by the mouse and they can say and do what they want. Uh, and I, I appreciated that so much, just given that, again, for, for this movie, it's it's supposed to be more serious. Like, I, I get that there's some great comedic elements in it, but they definitely toned that down, right? Like, we don't have those that, that really sort of kitschy dialogue, like... In the original, when, when when Lois says to Clark, "You smell good." Oh, that's the and he worst. Says, right? It's, did I or, not or like, before? Did uh, I not before? I'm so or glad the, you spoke. Like that's such a better line. Way there. better. <laughs> or, or like Superman uh, and the fight where he says to Bruce, "Like, yeah, do, yeah. You bleed? do you bleed?" Right? Yeah. And then you've got Bruce saying, "Yep, definitely yeah. something bleeding." I'm yeah. like, that's just so not Batman. And especially in that moment to talk like that didn't make sense. So I'm just so happy what they did with the dialogue. Yeah, the in humor, this movie. I think, is another thing to really point out. Like it, it felt the humor that was left uh, that carried over from Joss Whedon's into this one uh, seemed a little bit more appropriately placed versus the add on scenes to your point with Batman. Oh, yeah, definitely something, some internal bleeding like, you know, just like <laughs> yeah, it didn't man. it didn't fit. And I, I you know, I, I appreciate the fact that they, they kept some humor but it was more natural yep. and it felt more authentic. Uh, one thing that stood up, I know we're going to, we're going to talk about like specific scenes, um, but this takes place over several scenes. So it's more of a, a theme in the, in the movie versus a, a specific scene. But one thing I loved was how they changed um, the whole narrative of bringing Superman back. Like in the, in the justice league, it's, you know, Bruce has this master plan. He somehow knows that the mother box can do it. And and he's confident it's going to work and he's got a backup plan in Lois in case Superman is bad and everyone's, you know, whereas in this one, they're all they all come up with the plan together. Cyborg, knowing the mother box says we can use this to, to bring him back. Um, like it's just such an integral part of the movie. And I think it works so much better being elongated a bit and having the characters react differently to it in the Snyder version that. I just preferred it so much better in this one where sure Aquaman's being a bit skeptical, but they're not all like instantly he's going to come back and be bad. Like, why would that be their first thought, you know? And so, and cause that ruins it when he does come back and is confused and angry and does sort of act like bad Superman. You know what I mean? Like when they say he's going to come back and be bad and then he does, it's not yeah. a surprise and it doesn't yeah. work as yeah. a moment. So I just think it was handled yeah. so much better. In and the that Snyder to me fact. was like, again, another element that, they took their time with in, in the Snyder cut, but in a hundred percent in the in the Whedon verse, or if you're the Whedon League, whatever you want to call it, um, it's 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 rushed, and that just it's one of the many things in that that movie that feel very rushed. But you know, again, appreciating the fact of of how the characters were able to interact and and figure out uh, a plan to to deal with that uh, felt very much more organic, right? Now, the only the only thing I will say, because we're talking differences here and we're talking what we loved. And I will say there was there was actually some I would say there's two little things from the Whedon cut. Very little things, little character interaction moments that I kind of I kind of missed in this one. Uh, one of them that I want to call out is the the scene where I think there I don't know what what moment it is in the Whedon cut. But um, you see Arthur Curry and he's just laying it out all on the line and he's just telling everyone he's being very heartfelt and he said and he, and he looks at he looks at diana and he's like you're so gorgeous like holy and then he just looks down and the the lasso's on him and i was just like that was actually like really really funny and i i, I think it made his character 
I think they made him a little more brooding in this one, which fine, that's cool. Like we've got a whole other movie to explore him. So I'm not as worried. The only other little thing though, that I would say that I just, I really loved and it's thankfully they still kept it in the very last moment uh, or one of the last (laughs) seven moments of the movie is the moment where Barry Allen and Victor finally fist bump. And so in the original, in the original one, while they're digging the grave, you know, there's that kind of awkward moment where he wants to like fist bump him and he kind of gets turned down. So then to see that, at the end of as like look how far their characters have grown like okay I'll fist bump you like I don't know just those little things um were there any other Whedon things that you wanted back in the in the Snyder cut um yeah so I was going to mention this a little later on but this sounds like a good time to do it I I miss a bit of the Flash's vulnerability especially mm. in that first scene I really liked how here's this guy who's never been in a fight and now all of a sudden he's going against this interdimensional being I liked that he was afraid And there was that moment with Batman sort of saying, you know, just take it one step at a time, just save one person. And it was almost like that mentor-mentoree sort of relationship. And instead, you know, Barry's just like amped to go. He's in there. He's jumping in. He's twirling around these aliens and stuff. And I I just – I didn't like how goofy he was in the Whedon uh, movie the whole time. But that one little moment just before his first interaction with a bad guy – I liked that sort of vulnerability. So I thought that they, taking that out sort of hurt well, a bit. This is actually is a good segue into our next question, uh, which is about characters. So, um, you know, one comment that seems to be fairly consistent when discussing this new Snyder cut, and especially from critics, is its ability to deliver more depth uh, to its characters. Now, we've discussed a little bit of this, so we can dive in a little bit more. But with that in mind, uh, were there characters that were a highlight for you? You know, just using what you said, Kev, really quickly to talk about Flash. Um, I enjoyed that this time he wasn't, like, scared. I enjoyed that he kind of went in, because that is kind of Flash. Like, Flash is a little cocky. Right. So and I feel like they they kind of got a little bit more of that. But he he didn't feel very comfortable going up against Superman, which is like Superman, his hero, as he as he describes. So I appreciated the fact that he he kind of he wasn't as like scared as he was in the original. Um, But he still had that sort of that that persona of like being confident and, uh, um, you know, just just sure of himself to a certain degree. Again, I I didn't I didn't like where, you know, he's like, ew, bugs. And he gets covered in the goop and stuff. I'm glad that crap was out of there. But just that one moment before the big fight, like, again, he's not a grizzled 30 year veteran like Batman. He's not an Amazonian goddess like Wonder Woman. He's not the king of the ocean like Aquaman. He's not, you know, a, a, a do it all robot like Victor. He's just a dude who can run fast. And so. You know, he's used to pushing people and, and you know, you know, doing little things like that. So, again, when you're faced with this interdimensional being who's here to take over the world, uh, you know, it'd be a little bit more relatable for a character to have some sort of fear in that situation. So I just missed that little bit. Not the whole movie. Uh, he could have learned from that one scene and, and gotten more cocky and confident as the movie went on. But just that one little bit would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of... of- sort of little moments. Um, I think one thing that I, I really dug about uh, the Amazons and specifically the queen of the Amazons, uh, you know, if we're not necessarily going to get right into more main characters, just really quickly, there's a, a very subtle moment that I want to call out where 
uh, she sees the the entire Coliseum. She runs out, right, and they lock it down. And then it it has an amazing like. I th- also the cinematography in this version of the movie ugh, so good. But the 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 moment where the Coliseum falls into the water, and she just doesn't. In the original one, she just rides. She rides off and doesn't look back. And in this one, she pauses. She looks down. She watches the Coliseum fall. You can tell that she's saddened that she just lost so many daughters of the uh, Themyscira and. And it just makes so much more sense for her to take that moment being who she is and how proud she is. And, 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 and I, you know, in that moment, yeah, maybe she's proud of what's happening. Maybe she's and she's also feeling great heartache, like so much more happening. And the, I get it. The movie's four hours long, so they can take they can take those times with these ancillary characters. But I loved it. I love that. No, that, that whole that whole scene is significantly yeah. better just because, you know, in the in the Whedon version. Steppenwolf comes down. She grabs the box. She goes, knock this, knock the Coliseum down. She runs out. It all, all that happens is a door closes. She rides off. Steppenwolf's <laughs> yeah. busting through eight seconds later, so it was pointless. Whereas in this one, she sees what's happening. She's almost, she almost pauses with fear and, and like knowing that all of her family is about to die here. And it, yeah. it's another Amazonian who says, you've got to get out of here. We'll, we'll distract him. You go. You know what I yeah. mean? And she reluctantly goes and then they knock it down. And then instead of, yeah, just the door closing that Steppenwolf <laughs> literally just walks through. Yeah. It yeah. crumbles to the ocean and it seems like it's a measure that might actually work, you know, so ultimately good. it doesn't, but it's, it's so much better for that to have been the sacrifice that they all make is that it's something that could potentially actually stop him rather than just slow him down for eight yeah, seconds. Yeah, I agree. I think mm-hmm. that they handled that specific scene and it's just a little bit of, of change but it's so significant to the character, to, to the events, right? Because the, the, the thing didn't collapse, like you were saying, in the original Whedon version. Um, but, you know, here it, it does. And she's, she's, you know, she's thinking of those people. So uh, it, it, it just resonates a little bit more. Um, you know, we, we've talked, obviously, about the, the hyper-focus that it, this, this film has on, on characters like Cyborg and, and Flash. Yeah. Um, and really giving them like why they're part of the Justice League versus just being thrown in in the original version. But I got to say, Wonder Woman, um, I actually really enjoyed her role in this movie. Like, I I honestly, I really thought that she was uh, she was highlighted as almost a a sub leader. Like like while while Batman seems to be like the one who's trying to bring everyone together, it, it almost seems like she's the born leader that really knows how to to do this. You know what I mean? Like he's just kind of like, I know all these these people out there. I just need to get them all together. But it almost like she stood out as the leader in, in some instances. I, I love that. I love that that yeah, they did they did sort of elevate her. Um, but but at the same time, they kept that aspect, but they, they also sort of fleshed out the entire group to the point where it felt like, you know, I think you'd mentioned that they all come up with the idea together, right? Like they all, they all have a part to play so much more where I feel like the first one was very Wonder Woman, Batman and Superman focused. This time around, it, it really felt like the, the entire group was moving forward, not just those three or two characters. Dude, Cyborg was the heart of the film in this version. Right. And I think he was always meant to be the heart of the film. So to see how how terribly he got shafted in the Whedon cut versus this one, seeing the backstory with his mom bookended by the storyline with his dad, 
it was so well done. And I feel like he had so much more to do in this film. Whereas in the original, he would just stand in front of a piece of technology until the next thing happened. And that was his character. And it was terrible. And so... Like again, like I I I liked so much his portrayal. Like I'm a huge if if anything, even though I don't know too much about Cyborg from the the standard DC universe, Teen Titans, I love Teen Titans the animated series. And so to see Cyborg in that and to see some of the things he goes through in in that series, now to see it realized in in this in obviously a much more adult, much more uh dark way. It it was so it was just so nice. It was so good to see. Yeah, like after the Weed version, you know, I could barely remember the name Cyborg, let alone Victor. And, and you know, um, in this one, you get to know him and you get to care about him and you're rooting for him. And you know, the the, the fact that you know his strained relationship with his father comes into play such a huge role in sort of leading up to the climax of the movie. And and when his father sacrifices himself to help the team and, and help their mission go forward. It means something. And I mean, that's obviously just non-existent in, uh, in the Whedon version, right? Instead of that whole really cool moment, we get that dot from the, the portal, like you mentioned earlier, where it's just doom, get the mother box gone. Uh, like there's that whole section there and it's, and it makes the whole thing make sense after the Snyder, uh, version. It's like, I would actually go see a cyborg movie. Yes. You know, whereas after the Whedon one, it'd be like, what is the point? This guy's yeah, yeah. useless. Yeah, yeah, Who is he? Yeah. Who cares? So yeah. that's yeah. that's a yeah. huge difference. Uh, well, Please. awesome. Well, yeah. you know, you mentioned Stephen Wolf, and uh, in the original cut, he was a villain that not many people liked. Uh, many saw him as very one-dimensional with very confusing motivations. It wasn't really clear what his motivation was and, and, and whatnot. Um even the threat with the mother boxes seemed a little loose to follow. Uh, but this time around, what did you guys think of Steppenwolf and the other villains that were portrayed, as well as the these weapons known as the mother boxes? Did you understand them more? I think in the original movie, there was that moment, that scene where Diana and Bruce are walking along the, the riverside or something. And it's like, it's the conversation of exposition. And it's just like, and I think... Well, in yeah. both, yeah, it's literally called, people are calling it the history lesson in either movie. And the, sure. And, yeah. But the way they did it in this one was just so much more helpful, it was so much more, more well explained. And, and, you know, I think it was just, it actually made me understand the, the, the it felt like the Lord of the Rings, you know, at the beginning of the movie when she's talking about the one ring. Right. And I was just like that. That to me was such a, a big difference. And it, it really made the movie actually make more sense well yeah and again instead of instead of pigeonhole p- doing it in 20 minutes while also introducing barry and cyborg you know that, that the, the sort of explanation about what's going on and and the the explanation about the whole mother boxes and steppenwolf's motivations it's spread out over an hour and a half uh, again obviously he has the benefit of time here but it serves he's, he uses it so well to spread out that explanation and, and just make everything make more sense, including Steppenwolf's motivations. It's just so much yeah, better. Yeah, I, I, I think that, like, to your point, Nate, the exposition in the in the original cut felt very, like, here's your information. What was nice about the exposition in this one, it was like, you know, she was learning from from history as well. Like, she she didn't right. have all the answers. But yeah, yeah no, I thought the, the history lesson was was effective. Like, yeah, his motivations were pretty clear. And, and there's just, like, of all the lingering questions... The one that I have is what did he do to Darkseid that that pissed him off, right? Because I don't know if they've really explained that. I, I kind of wanted a little bit more explanation to your point, Justin, of Darkseid's 
you know, part in this entire thing. Um, I think that could have been something, though, that maybe Zach was originally setting up for the the second or third movie, right? Yeah, I certainly think we would have seen a bit more backstory on Darkseid as we went through the trilogy. Um, I think the idea, though, is that Steppenwolf at one point betrayed Darkseid. And I don't even know if it's important as to how, just that he did. And as his punishment, he had to take over 50,000 planets. And his main goal was to take over the one that Darkseid failed to do previously, right? In the Age of Heroes, all those thousands of years ago. Uh, and that is just, and like you can sort of feel his his desire to get back on the good side of his master, you know, and like that's his motivation. And it's a clear, understandable motivation. He wants to do well for Darkseid here versus I want to serve the mother. And, and is he talking about the mother boxes and like, and just how Does he have a mom and just, I love how he was just plain out defeated here. You know, he was outmatched and he was beaten by these incredible heroes versus, because I think in the first one, his weakness, the, the, the flying creatures could smell yeah, fear. And so he was afraid and then they just took him away. And it was, that, that was so lame and not satisfying at all for viewers. So like this just, it worked on so many different levels so much better. Well, uh, that brings us to question number four, guys. Uh, and that's about any outstanding scenes uh, from this film. And you can think in relation to how scenes were, were previously cut. If, 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 if I can, I, I would love to kick this one off. Um, and I, I think the biggest standout for me uh, as being one of like my favorite scenes was the opening. I hated the opening of the original Joss Whedon cut with. Oh my gosh! With well, the well, with the the vloggers. Well, the, hold on, well, hold on. And so like with, yes, the 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 Superman vlogger with Batman tracking down terrible. this criminal, using him as bait to find, uh, you know, a parademon. Like somehow he already knows they exist and everything. It was yeah. even the even the guy he tracked down knew about exactly. the yeah. plot line the, of the that movie. Like, knew a know? lot about yeah, those even, guys. Like, you know, to to the point, like the prologue of this movie. Um, you know, picks up right with with Superman's death, and the 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 I, I love this sort of connotation of of a death that a shock that was felt around the world, and that erupting and creating uh, awareness in the mother boxes. I think that that's I loved how they created that connection as to why this new threat was was coming. So I feel like that's yes, yes. Now that the Kryptonian exactly. is gone, the planet is exactly. Ripe and for they, the they hinted yeah. at that in Joss Whedon's by just a line, but I liked here how they flushed it out and connected it back to a narrative element that was very crucial so but to, to your point Kevin you know I think in the original there was like a music intro that showcased you know uh, everyone mourning Superman and, and even Lois Lane going to the grave and so, that was all drawn over like you know an hour or more right like you saw those in different different ways in different scenes to see where they were but I appreciated that I, I actually liked how they they tried to they connected the current threat with the uh, with, with something that had happened in the, in the previous films well, and, and I know you're, you're talking more the opening of the film versus the, the very first yes, scene right. of the movie. But uh, uh, but if we're talking about those just very first opening scenes, I mean, the biggest mistake Whedon could have made was to have Superman be the first thing you see in his movie with that janky ass upper lip missing mustache. Like because sitting in the theater and you'd heard about the mustache and then all of a sudden, that's the first thing you see. And it's like, oh, boy, this yeah. is going to be a rough two hours, man. And I felt the exact same way watching that movie again, you know, in preparation for this. And so, I mean, obviously, there was no janky mustache at any point in the, the Snyder cut. But 
again, like that that just very first shot on the Whedon one, it, it kills the whole movie dead in its tracks 30 seconds in. It, it's crazy. And I, I also, like, Justin, you called out Wonder Woman and how much you liked her in this movie. The intro with Wonder Woman, honestly, is probably the best Wonder Woman I've ever seen yeah. on screen. And I know I know it was in the Whedon cut as Better. well, but I think the little changes, the changes yeah. that they made, even the moment where she's just standing on the statue yes. over top, and I'm just like, I'm like, this looks like I'm about to play right, this video right, game right. right now. Like, this looks so cool. And it just elevated that scene mm-hmm. even higher for me. And the way she moves and and, and everything, she, she uses everything in her arsenal to take out these terrorists. It's just that one scene for me, that's Wonder Woman in live action. And that's what I want. Well, speaking of, you know, uh, the Amazonians, um, you know. Yes. Again, I, I don't want to touch on it because uh, I know we've talked a lot about it. But uh, in terms of a scene... Um, even after now we've got the destruction of the temple and we like, we're back on paradise Island with the Amazons. Uh, that actually kind of sounds like an adult film, but, um, <laughs> we're back on Themysculus, I believe it's called, um, Themis- Themyscira. Themyscira. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. just the action with Steppenwolf is so yeah. much better here. Like it was, it was corny in the Whedon version, but here he's a badass and he's, mowing these these warriors down you know and it's violent and it's visceral and and that was just such an improvement on the on on all of that so as a scene that stood out again that whole 10 minute sequence was just far superior in this movie. yeah i i i agree and i think another another great scene to talk about uh is the introduction of flash or as Barry Allen. Yes. I think that that was uh, absolutely outstanding. Like, that wasn't in the original. None of that was. And, Not at and all. And, no. you know, I, like, so even good. with all the slow-mo and stuff like that, like, it was, it, was, it was really well done. It was funny. I mean, minus one little weird moment with a hot dog and no, that weird song no, Kevin, playing. That I don't was know. It was amazing. Bit, it was Kevin. a bit creepy. It was a bit I lo- creepy. No, no, no. Here's the deal. I love that it started off. You're like, oh, he's going to brush your hair out of the way. And yeah. then he reaches over for a hot dog. Sure, like, sure. I was so getting funny. very uncomfortable until the hot dog came in. I loved it. I loved it. And I love I love how he, he saves her and then he comes back and he's just like, so I got the job. And he's like feeding the hot dog to the – I was just like, that, that whole moment was – so enjoyable. I didn't think Barry Allen could be made more enjoyable, and they they absolutely did. Like he absolutely was. Now, just you mentioned slow motion. I will say there was maybe a bit too much slow motion yeah. in this movie. <laughs> Ten. Somebody clocked it. Ten percent of the movie is in slow motion. Really? That's twenty four minutes wow. of slow motion. That's a it got a bit excessive, and they almost maybe overplayed the card when. You see that in the final battle, it's so integral to everything that, like, I know they have to set that up, but maybe they overdid the slow motion with all the characters a bit much when you're literally looking at 10% of your movie being filmed in slow motion. Speaking of uh, The Flash and continuing with scenes, what do you guys think of him reversing time? There was two instances where he does it, obviously, in the final battle, and then uh, uh, did you catch the first first time he reverses time? Well, I I thought he was afraid he he refused to do it until that... And well, he scene, did it. He, he does do it. He does do it with the with when the when the mother box is about to hit. He missed that time because he was delayed. So it slowly pans back, and he right. touches it. Okay. So yes, it's just yes, like yes. a little glimpse, and then you get that. Oh, of what yes, he can exactly. do. Okay. And then, and then he he does go full fledged and says, "Okay, I'm gonna." You know, I thought it was kind of cool to introduce like that sort of that power and, and really hint at where Flash is going. I kind of just wish that he did reverse time all the way back to that girl, though, because honestly, I just thought that that was going to be 
more of a relationship in the movie because I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be the character of Iris West or something it, th- from but the that's, comic They're books, setting that then, up for the movie. But is there going to be one? Are we going to get Yeah, it? I believe they are still they're doing the Flash right movie. Yeah. Okay, it's pro- good. Oh, it's in production, okay. yeah. And she is right. going to be a character. So, so I we'll think it's integral. Okay. That, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. It's always, you know, now that he knows he can do this, can anything ever go wrong? As long as he's alive, nothing should ever go wrong because he can always just re- run really fast and reverse time to to when, you know. And, and I know that, like, the whole DC movie universe stretching way, way back in the day goes to the very first Superman movie where he literally flies around the earth fast enough to, to reverse time. So if that's just a DC thing, I'll accept it. But it just – I'm always afraid when you open these Pandora's boxes of – you know, being able to get out of problems that why wouldn't you just use it every That's time? That's why I think it, it's, it's something he doesn't want to use, right? Like it, he is altering time and it's just like, it's a life or death. You know, everyone's dying. Like you literally saw everyone exploded. And as he's reversing time, like you see cyborgs, like they all like skeleton shroom, come, come back, back together. To life. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty crazy, right? So it was, it was cool. But I, I also think though that to use this power is, is in really special situations, like life or death situations, which is why he was hesitant to do it. Well, I mean, if there's a consequence to it, you know what I mean? Then that's how you sort of control that. Well, and I would love to see, in the Flash movie, and I, again, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but I would love to see like if maybe there's a storyline where he does start to be able to really understand how to use that power, but he uses it so much that he alters something and can't change it back, and it's like a horrible, horrible thing that really affects him. So then it, it puts even more of that sort of fear into him to say, like, this isn't something you can just do all the time. Um, I think that would be really cool. And it would fit his character, right? With him sort of becoming sure. more mature. And I, I feel like, though, that's that's going to be very centric to the Flash storyline where he's going back in time to fix something. Like, he's breaking the laws of time to fix something. That, that That's happening. Well, and I, and I know we want to talk about it in a bit here, but I also think it was going to play a huge role in the next two movies of the Snyderverse trilogy from what I've read about what the plans mm. were for that. But mm. I'll save that part for, for that. What about the epilogue, guys? Like, I, I honestly, like, I, I know this will kind of tie into another question that we're going to talk about. I'm going to ask you guys later. That'll be very straightforward. Um, but, like, what yeah. did you think of, like, some of these ideas that were planted in this epilogue uh, for for future, future movies? I mean, it, it's, again, I mentioned it at the top. I, it was a bit disappointing. It was a bit disappointing to see all these, like, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. It was cool to see this stuff happen. But at the same time, I was just like, well, I don't know if this is really going to go anywhere. And then I just got to be honest. I know that that last moment was supposed to be really confusing as to what was going on with, you know, and we'll talk about like the Joker and everything. But like, I was just like, it, it felt unnecessary, especially the fact that it they did the it was a dream thing. Like the it was a dream thing is probably one of I think one of the worst things you can do, and unless they're trying to say it was a premonition, that's exactly what it was. Okay, right? Batman has it in Batman versus Superman, right? And then we see it here, and it's all setting up. That was literally going to be in the second movie. Wow! And then the third movie was going to be basically them going back in time to to a certain point that caused all of that stuff to happen. Which is very end gamey, if you ask me. It, it also sounds like Nate's you know? uh, version of a Fantastic Four movie. So, uh, 
you know, very, very all over the place. <laughs> no, I think, I think, yeah, and I think what was interesting too is that uh, in this one, it wasn't just Wayne, obviously, at the end, that, that epilogue with that premonition, but uh, Cyborg had a premonition, right? And that's actually, this is more tethered to, to them both having the same premonition of, of, of the of course of events. I thought it was interesting to fuse the idea that there was an alliance between two enemies. I really want to see that played out. I, I would love to see that played out. Could we could we just do it with a different sure. Joker? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't mind oh, him. Th- I didn't mind him. You didn't mind Jim Carrey? <laughs> His Jim Carrey impression? I, I oh, righty it. then, Batman. Oh, oh, man. I liked it. I loved, I loved the, the line delivery, like, yeah. truce. Bruce, I was well, like, so that's great. Like, that's to me, that's very but this, Joker. This does I don't tie know. into uh, the the next question. Do you want to yeah. see more from the Snyderverse? Whether Snyder is involved, do you want to see this story played out? Would you like to see see more? Regardless of what you've read online of of it actually happening, would you? Do you want to? I mean, take this answer however you want. I don't think I want more Snyderverse necessarily, but I want more of these characters, and I want more of the actors that portray them. Uh, portraying these characters i want a flash movie i want a cyborg movie um and i you know i don't think i don't think a cyborg movie unfortunately is going to happen for for a, a while and even with this cyborg like do you think the success of having this you know this this that this movie is having do you think it's going to convince everybody to get on back on board are we going to get that's kind trilogy? of what I, my like, next little I know, small question attached to this was going to be like do you think that yeah. this could change the way that you know people are going to look like I was, I had said that I would love to see a Batman, Joker, Ben Affleck, you know, directed sort of thing that he wanted to do. Um, you know, could that come to something like HBO Max? Could we see more in that world? I don't know. I'd love to, but I don't know. How about you guys? But with Matt Reeves, with Matt Reeves, the Batman and the live action series that they're going down, like. Multiverse, it seems like man. they're kind of like oh, we're already on a we're already on a <laughs> yeah. boat out of the way. We're 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 doing something different already. Yeah, I think, so I think there's room. I don't for know. It. I mean, I, I think it's been proven that the the best person to handle this version of the DC characters that we have here is by Snyder. Whether it's the best version you could get of the characters in general, I don't. I hope not because I really do hope that we see better iterations and movies down the line from the, these DC characters. But I think this specific universe that's being created, I don't think anybody should touch it except for Zack Snyder. And I don't know if he's on board and I don't know if, if the studios are, are wanting to, after the train wreck that this has all been, you know what I mean? Like, are they even going to recoup the 70 million additional dollars that they threw in to, to, to make this director's cut happen? Um, but knowing what I do about where the, the, the plans for the story have gone, now that I know, I don't necessarily want to see it because it's already kind of been spoiled. Like he's gone on record now, Zack Snyder, and said, this is what two would have been. This is what three would have been. And so now that I know that, that's too spoilery for me. I don't, I don't necessarily want to see. I think had this been the original version and that was the ending and that's what they set up, I think I would have been like, yeah, I'll go watch another movie. Like after the first version, after Whedon's version, I was like, Pfft. This sucks. I don't need any more of this crap, right? Whereas if this was the only version we ever got, I think I would have sat in the theater as the credits rolled and gone, I'm intrigued to see where this goes next, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just a shame that everything's happened the way it's happened to that. I, I just don't think there's any going back. There's no flash running fast enough to put us back in a place where it could all <laughs> sure. be something I want to see play fair, out. Fair. 
Well, talking about playing out, uh, what did you guys think of the structure breaking up part one to... I, th- I thought it was it was interesting how it was broken up. I feel like it was like every big moment, uh, you know, after every big moment ended or there would be like, they would say something like, well, let's go get them. And you hear the music rise. I was like, are we going to cut away to commercial? Uh, are the credits <laughs> yeah, going to roll here like and then I'm going to go to the next movie? More than anything. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. I, I feel like it, as, a, as a four hour experience... I guess what what you could say is by having those moments, having those titles pop up, those could have been good moments to say to maybe more casual audiences to say, hey, you know what? This is a four hour thing. So if you want to pause it here, you want to come back later in the day or you want to come back another day, you can totally do that. And it won't make the movie feel disjointed. Right. Where where you're you're not going to stop in, in a point where you're going to like come back to him and be like, oh, I got to rewind 15 minutes because I don't know what's going on. This is very much I felt they were really well placed. That's a really good point. That 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 actually makes them make sense for me now. Because, um, I mean, if you just took those out and just played the movie, so you got rid of the 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 ten seconds that each title card was on the screen, and just rolled the movie straight, it wouldn't have made a difference. I don't think. I, I like your idea, Nate, where it is breaking it up into digestible sections for somebody who doesn't want to just sit there for the four hours. But otherwise I don't think they served much of a purpose for I me. Personally. Yeah. I think that a hundred percent that's what it was for was so that it was digestible on a streaming platform um, versus obviously if you went and saw this in theaters uh, it, it will probably may not have those things. It would just run uh, from, you know, from, from start to finish. Um, that being said, if they did release this in IMAX, and did a re-release of this on screen. Would you guys go check it out? I mean, if they did, I would, honestly, I kind of like the idea of the old school, you know, uh, go, okay, we're going to take an intermission, go get some popcorn, go get a bathroom so break. In. Lobby. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind, honestly, like, I kind of would enjoy yeah. that. And yes, if this was in IMAX, yeah, are you I kidding me? Again, like, yeah. we talked about the the cinematography in the movie that that again the visuals that Zach has implemented the comic book stylings that he's put in just absolutely this would look phenomenal on IMAX. Well, yeah. So you know, ta- attaching this as well to kind of like the idea of of, of the rollout and the structure. You know, a big pain point for me uh, was this four by three ratio, uh, this this square ratio that I was like, oh god, how is this going to work? And you know what? It it didn't actually bother me. It didn't bother me. It actually worked to a certain degree um, <laughs> nice. with with the sort of verticality. I could see how that would work. And, and it just made me really want to see it on IMAX, like filling that screen to really get a sense of, of what that would look like. So Yeah, I, I didn't even notice the aspect ratio. I mean, I don't notice these things. I'm not, you know, um, but, you know, it was talked about so much going into it. And then I watched this four-hour movie and then it ends and I was like, Oh, oh yeah, it was different, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Well, they could have fooled me. Like, if you hadn't told me that it was different, I would have been like, "No, it wasn't," and it literally would go back just to confirm. Yeah. Oh well, guys, uh, I think we should get into our final thoughts. You know, we've discussed what we've liked, what we didn't like. Um, So let's collect our thoughts and summarize our overall review and score, which will be uh, rating on a scale of one to five mother boxes. Mother? Mother? Uh, you know what? Let's let's start with Nathaniel. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about how much we enjoyed WandaVision or the Falcon and Winter Soldier because it, it takes the time to establish characters that we didn't get enough time with in the main MCU films. Uh, and, and while I'd still prefer full movies to establish characters like Victor Stone or Barry Allen, 
This time around, the movie did such a good job at working with the time that it had to actually make me care more for these characters. And that, that was missing in the original cut. I wanted more of them, which means, the, again, the concepts were there. The portrayals were good. Um, but there just simply wasn't enough of them. And so the Snyder Cut resolves that. We get a movie that is more in line with Snyder's other films tonally, visually, and overall just a more consistent experience. And I really didn't think I was going to enjoy the movie as much as I did. The Whedon Cut, I would have given a three out of five. Because uh, honestly, I, I didn't think it was right. I, but listen, I didn't think it was it was very bad. I just, it was very fluffy. Uh, it was very rushed feeling, and you could see the cracks in the seams. The villain had zero motivation, and it really didn't make good use of its newest characters. Um, but again, the Snyder Cut, as we discussed all of that, uh, brings brings that all better. makes it all better and brings the, the movie's rating uh, up. And so for Zack Snyder's Justice League, I would definitely rate it four out of five mother boxes, as I feel like it, it, it could have done without the final... Uh, chunk of fat at the end I think those final last scenes are, are honestly no longer need as cool as they were to see as cool as it was to see Martian Manhunter and Deathstroke and and the Joker and, and all that stuff honestly I don't think it was needed given the fact that this story probably won't continue yeah so 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 that kind of brought it down for me right at the end of the film uh, but yeah four out of five mother boxes um, just really quickly before I get into mine, I will touch on what you just said there, Nate. And I think while I agree that, it, you know, when you're hitting four hours, maybe that last part wasn't necessary because it's not going anywhere, but we're already here. We're already remaking an entire movie just to see what this director's vision for it was supposed was. to be. Yeah. And so I'm okay with them, including all that to, to really round out that, that, that entire vision from start to finish. Um, but no, looking at the movie uh, as a whole, uh, I, I, and I think I mentioned it at the top there, I, I'm having a really hard time just looking at it as a movie and not comparing it to the, the Joss Whedon version. But I'll do my best here. Uh, I think so much was done to improve the stories and the characters. Um, you guys really liked the, the Zack Snyder signature sepia tone. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's a bit washed out for me. It's a bit dreary for me. I think the one scene where it, it, it served a, a purpose and helped was that final battle. Instead of that glowing red ambiance that we had for that whole battle in the Whedon version, I liked that we it wasn't that distracting background here. Um, and even just like ancillary cuts, like that meaningless family, you know, with the bug spray in the Whedon version. Yeah, and, and the Russian like, family. And we're... And we're yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're like in the middle of this world defining battle and, and Superman and Flash just disappear to go save like four people while billions of lives are, are at stake here. Like getting rid of that cheesy stuff really helped it. And like I'll always, I think, prefer Marvel movies over this Zack Snyder DCU for the fun and the levity that it can bring while also being, you know, serious and action packed. I just don't think that's that that sort of fun tone and, and campy jokes and stuff, they don't work in this universe. And so the fact that so much of that was taken out to give more, uh, you know, emotion to the characters, it just it just made the story feel more impactful and, and resonate a bit more. And so overall, I think that we really did get Zack Snyder's vision here and we can see, you know, sort of what he'd been working for over the previous two movies that he'd done. And we're sort of we really did get to see a, a bigger picture of, of his overall goal for this series of movies that he wanted to make. And so 
I, I think it was a huge success. And I, I didn't just like it more than the Whedon version. I liked it. I thought it was a decent movie. Um, that being said, I'm not going to give it too high of a score. I think if I were to rank Whedon's, I'd probably have given it a 2.4 out of 5. And so for this movie, um, again, not comparing it just on its own, I think it was a solid entry that made me want to see more movies Were should that be the case. And so I'm going to give it... 3.2 mother boxes out of five. Nice. All right. Well, like I said, uh, in our high level overview, uh, I love the movie. I found it very enjoyable. Uh, everything that was wrong with the original 2017 cut is more or less resolved in this film. Uh, the film's ability to offer more depth to the characters is very gratifying, uh, to see and spend more time with, uh, specific moments uh, and the power of editing of how just you know either taking away things or adding things uh, it really shows how it changes the whole scope of the story um, and while it might be four hours long it was fairly well paced um, I thought it was great that they did do the uh, the, the sort of chapter breaks for it uh, does make it far more digestible and in true Snyder fashion uh, this was uh, all of his aesthetics from the color tone to the excessive amount of slow-mo which seems to emphasize the length of the movie even more so just because you're spending so much time in slow-mo but also it's so much a signature of Zack Snyder uh, making small moments feel more uh, momentous, uh, feeling larger uh, by just slowing down and focusing. Um, it's 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 ingrained in his aesthetic, um, and and I think that this this just fits well into that whole Snyder world of of filmmaking. Um, for Whedon's cut, I would give that hot pile of garbage a zero point <laughs> five out of five. Wow, uh, I like just absolute trash. This movie, though, with 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 everything that uh, I enjoyed about it, I still wouldn't give it as as high, um, like a, a four. I'll probably I'd I'd give this three point six out of five mother boxes. Uh, there's still some things that I think right. I, I think the things that that hinder that score, uh, as we've mentioned, is the ending, which um, you know was it's nice to see where the ideas could have gone, but. Uh, with with now the revelation that this we won't see that or that won't come to fruition, uh, I don't think it was very uh, meaningful. You know that was actually a bulk of what they reshot, and it's like why did you spend your time reshooting that if it's not really going to do anything? And because of that, the movie kind of feels like it starts and ends the DCU, um, and and it's just unfortunate because there were some pretty cool moments that I'd love to see how that alliance came to be, and we'll never know. Like, again, Kevin, to your point originally that you made, like, it is nice to see those things because obviously that's what he wanted to do. And, you know, Justin, you're saying they weren't in the original. They actually went back and reshot those moments. They really didn't need to put them in here. But, but you know, Zack Snyder, they could have still made that stuff and put it out. You know, on a you know a, 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 on the anniversary of the Zack Snyder cut, like they could have you know we could have had more of that sort of thing. So like I, I think I don't think it was necessary for it to be attached to this film, and I think yeah, that's why it brings it down. Yeah, I like that idea. You sort of release it afterwards, uh, yeah. as sort of bonus content. But and one thing about that, does the Martian Manhunter not seem like the most boring character ever? Like that did not make me want to see more of his character. I'll say that much. Awesome. Well, that wraps our review. 
Now, if you've seen the Snyder Cut and you have some of your own opinions on which was better or who stood out the most to you, or if you just hated that four by three ratio, we would love to hear from you. And you can do so by reaching out to us at our email address, wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Five stars is the minimum rating you can give there. So please rate, review, and let us know what you think. We are Geekcentric, and you can be too, which means you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Follow us on Twitter at geekcentricyt, and follow us on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Also, if you're a fan of that other comic book universe we have our ongoing watch club series for the falcon and winter soldier the latest episode will be dropping this monday and for our gaming fans you can join nate over on twitch uh nate what's uh, going on on the channel what do you got going on you know what we're getting uh we're we're getting through mario i'm actually believe it or not mario 64 well i haven't gotten all the stars uh, we do Super Mario Sunday, so Sunday night you can you can join in. Um, number one, Nintendo is taking away. We usually play a game called Mario Thirty Five. They're taking it away for some reason. I don't know why. It's a free game they gave away for the anniversary, and they're like, now we're taking it away. I don't know. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, this Sunday will be the last chance that you'll get to see that being played potentially. Um, but with Mario sixty, right? I know. But with Mario sixty four, uh, I'm about to roll credits. So even though I haven't collected everything, I am about to roll credits. I'm going to beat Bowser, uh, throw him off the thing. I think that's how it ends. I honestly don't know because I've never beat it before. Um, so come, come check that out. Um, and then also, please join my, or check out my Instagram, Instagram, uh, which is Nate.PlaysGames on Instagram, uh, because uh, that's the only way you're going to get announcements. And uh, guys, I'm going to be doing some Pokemon unpacking streams. So I bought a crap ton of Pokemon <laughs> cards. I've got an overhead camera. And not only that, guys, but we are going to, you got to bring your A game when it comes to the Pokemon information, because we're going to be having a quiz and a giveaway on stream. So please definitely come check it out. Twitch.tv slash Nate plays games. Again, that's Nate.PlaysGames on Instagram to see when that's all going down. Uh, it's probably going to be a, a li- not too long from now but we'll uh we'll see when that rolls out so please awesome. come check yeah, out. head over to twitch say hi to nate and uh, take a look at the crap load of pokemon cards he has along with all the other crap he has no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well that's it for us kev nate thank you for joining me for today's heroic review until next week as we say love ya stay home safe guys peace